Yes, in the moment of battle, they may pivot, right, based on circumstances, but they're still following their foundational training and processes because that's what's going to keep them alive. How do we adapt to the climate? How do we how do we adapt to our customers in this climate? Be relevant to them while keeping our core focus, our tenure, and our you know marketing, our ICP, you know that list. You know those are our people. How do we do what we do to take care of them and that? That's the little pivot, the, re, the rethink piece of it. Welcome to Tractionville, the podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with... Benj Miller. And today, we have a very special episode... Our guests are us. We thought you'd appreciate getting to know Benj and I better. And so our interviewer today is Mackenzie Reeves, who is uh, our latest addition to the Tractionville team. So Mackenzie, I'm going to hand it over to you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me be on. Yeah, so we had this idea that... We don't really know our hosts and and me being new to the team, I thought it could be fun for our listeners to get to know Chris and Binge as well as I'd like to know them. So here we are and I have, I just have um, some questions for you guys. So you ready to get, ready to get started? Let's do it. Sure, fire away. I think, um, I think we just need to start with, you know, telling us about yourselves. What do you like to do? What are your, you know, what are your hobbies? What do you love, hate? Where, where do you live? Tell us about your family. Tell us, just tell us about yourself. Uh, who do you want to start? Uh, Chris, you go first. Okay. Well, uh, so I live in Orlando, Florida with my wife, Darlene, and uh, we've been here now uh, six years, and we have four children, uh, two here in Florida and one in Kansas and one in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, this, this whole corn thing uh, is pretty interesting, but uh, Darlene and I are actually, um, like a lot of people, I'm sure, are making the best of it, but we, uh, we're actually having a lot of fun. Uh, we're staying busy. We're doing a lot of uh, home projects. Darlene's a crocheter, uh, so she is crocheting uh, baby blankets by the dozens. <laughs> Um, we have a lot of, uh, our kids have friends who are having babies. And so she's making blankets for their babies. Uh, we're going to have our first grandchild, uh, in August of this year. Um, and, uh, it's a boy, his name's Caden. So we're pretty, we're pretty pumped up about that. And we're excited to meet him. Um, you know, and as far as I I go, you know, I, I was introduced to EOS about 12 years ago, and uh, I sat on a leadership team of a company in Connecticut, and uh, on the last day, the day that they graduated, the implementer walked up to me and invited me to meet Gino and Don Tinney and look at becoming an implementer, so I went out to Detroit, and uh, here I am, nine years in, teaching EOS full-time and just having a blast. And so, uh, what else? I get my passion is really, I used to be into a lot of sports, but I've narrowed it down to one. Now I'm a, I'm a fly fisherman and I love to chase, uh, trout in the mountains of North Carolina. And, and I like to chase, uh, 
saltwater tailors here in uh, here in Florida. Awesome. I'd hope I was hoping you'd say something about the the fishing you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, it is a passion. I was introduced to it. Uh, I used to live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Actually, work for Motorola, and uh, I met a, a young guy who opened up a fly shop. And uh, he just totally corrupted me. <laughs> and uh, I used to see, I used to coach high school football. I used to play softball. I used to do all that stuff. I gave it all up uh, to just dive 100% into fly fishing. And um, it's really uh, been a wonderful sport to be in. I've traveled to a lot of places and met a lot of cool people. And, and quite honestly, it's the one thing that grounds me and slows me down. I'm kind of a intense guy. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Benj. What about you? Give us the the snapshot. Where to start? I grew up in the cornfields of Ohio and met and fell in love with my wife when I was 17, and I couldn't let her get away. So we actually got married when we were 20. So this year we'll celebrate 22 years of marriage. Uh, we now have four kids uh, running around, which makes the working from home thing a little challenging during this time, but it's fun. We've, we've picked up some, I picked up, you asked about hobbies. Um, I used to be really into archery and hadn't touched it in years, but uh, it's been fun to get out my bow, get out my crossbow, go in the backyard and pretend like I'm Robin Hood. And um, the kids think it's so cool because I have this like insane random talent for hitting a target. Um, love basketball, love wake surfing. Those are probably my two real love hobbies as much as I can do those two. I love it. Um, I also love business building, which is how I got here. Um, really, I was a creative director that started my own firm and had no idea what I was doing and crashed the business pretty hard and decided that I was not going to quit. I was going to learn what it looked like to run a business. And so I started reading a bunch of books and got a coach and got in a peer group and absolutely fell in love with business building. And EOS was a part of that along the way, brought in uh, Tom Bauer into one of my businesses when we were doing a merger and absolutely fell in love. It was like, the, that was the missing piece. And you know, if business building is both an art and a science, uh, EOS is to me is like the foundation that you can build all this other stuff on top of. So I was able to, I've started, I think nine companies. Um, I've sold three, I've bought one. I crashed one. I shut one down. Um, the rest are still operating. Um, and I've, I've worked my way into the owner's box in the majority of those. So I, I only play a infrequent strategic, role for those. And I spend most of my time focused on the EOS practice and helping other entrepreneurs kind of get this foundation so that they can get what they want out of their business. And um, I tell people all the time, like Jesus Christ changed my personal life and EOS changed my business life. Like I'm that big of an evangelist <laughs> this, uh, that, you know, we spent so much time trying to fix problems in businesses that have already been solved if we just do the right things. Mm. It's amazing. I can, it's, it's so great to, to be uh, new and getting to just fully experience like the passion for something that 
that I came in, you know, having, you know, no context for EOS and then seeing it kind of see, hearing, hearing both of your stories and then um, seeing how it's really impacted and changed not only your lives, but your businesses. Um, one piece we're missing though, is how you guys know each other. And um, I'll tell that story. Okay. All right. All right. So um, along the way, one of those businesses I started was in its infancy called Traction, T-R-A-X-I-O-N. And it became one of the two licensed softwares from EOS Worldwide and is now known as 90. Um, but early in the, early in the, the days, um, I had a small team. We were building the software. We had an MVP, had a couple of non-paying clients testing it out, you know, doing it with us. And I get this phone call. I had called Don Tinney at EOS Worldwide. He was the integrator at the time to say, hey, we're doing this. Um, I want you to let you know about it. You know, I would love to have a relationship with you guys. And he was the kindest, gentlest man. He was like, well, you know, you keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a good thing. When you kind of hit this benchmark, this milestone, give us a call back. We'll, we'll continue talking. I was like, okay, cool. Um, and um, like I said, Tom Bauer that, that I knew uh, as my implementer, he knew what we were up to, what I was doing. Some of his other clients were some of our, our beta testers at the time because I didn't really know the EOS community. So he was my conduit. Well, I get a call from Chris White. Um, he and Mark Abbott, who's now running 90, uh, they were like, hey, we're going to basically compete with you and beat the crap out of you. And we know everybody inside EOS. He was much, much gentler about it, but that's really what he was saying. Um, so, so he's like, so you pretty much need to partner with us. And I was like, well, I would love to partner with you because I really don't know the EOS community. I just have a passion for the system and entrepreneurs and all that. So we ended up um, um, partnering up on that software business. We were in it. I don't know how long we were in it, Chris, a year and a half, two years. And then um, Chris and I sold, sold, let Mark take over and run it so that we could focus back on our practice and on this podcast, the community. Is that fair, Chris? I didn't like Chris at first. Chris came off to me as one of those, um, those like salesmen that are just so charismatic and they can sell you anything. And like, um, and I always have like a kind of a distance, like Heisman trophy kind of hand up against those types. But, um, over time realized that Chris is a truly authentic, genuine human being. Today's podcast is sponsored by Tractionville. I'm your host, Chris White. And along with my co-host, Ben Miller, we'd like to thank our listeners and sponsors for helping and supporting this podcast. Please like, share, and leave your comments and help us continue to build the EOS community worldwide. Well, that was going to be my next question. Um, I was going to kind of put both of you in the hot seat for a second and say and ask uh so if that's not true, then Benj, what are three words you'd use to describe Chris and what it's like to work with him? Um, well, I mean, I think I just use genuine and authentic. I'll put that, yeah. those in one category. Um, you know, Chris is a visionary. Um, you know, he's a little bored right now because of this sequester thing. So we're, we're like getting the 20 ideas a day kind of a thing. And it's like, Chris, just because you're bored doesn't make this a good idea. <laughs> so it's uh we're in one of those so so i'll put the visionary tag on on chris as well um the third one i think um you know just uh uh he one of eos's values is help first 
And Chris just lives that. He lived it with me. He took me under his wing. I see him do it with his clients. I see him do it with, he's trying to, he's a coach now at EOS Worldwide and, and he's taken a lot of other implementers under his wing. So he just has a, a truly help first type attitude. Yeah, I see that. That's awesome. You brought it back around, Chris. <laughs> what, do you, what do you have to say? Well, when I first met Benj, I loved him. I didn't realize that I hadn't made a good first impression. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this. The truth yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Do I get to tell my side of it? No, no. Yeah. Benj is, no, he's 100% uh, on point. Um, and, and I remember that phone call, actually. Um, but, uh, well, so Benj, yeah. Gosh, you know, I've gotten to know him so well. Um, I've gotten to know his family. I've, I've had him down to my home. I've been to their home. We've really forged uh, a very nice friendship, deep, meaningful. Um, I got to go on my very, he, he invited me to my very first men's retreat. Um, I got to meet his dad and I hung out with him. It was just so. So Benj is probably, um, you know, he, he, is it, can I say I have a bromance with him? <laughs> no, I love him. Word out of the three bromance. <laughs> I, I, I love him. I mean, he's a wonderful human being. Um, and I appreciate, uh, he's a good compliment to me because, uh, I am more visionary and, uh, and I appreciate his, uh, um, view on things and, and he just balances me out I think so we're a very good compliment to one another kind of like in rocket fuel they talk about the yin and yang um or finding your puzzle piece and I don't know if I'm Benj's puzzle piece but I feel he's my puzzle piece um <laughs> but he he he's he's probably one of the the most caring people I know I mean, all of his businesses, all of his people, uh, obviously his family, but he just, um, he has a wonderful demeanor. My wife loves him to death. Uh, I, I, I don't want to start to cry. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he's, he's my perfect compliment. Um, and I, I think uh, you won't find a nicer guy. Uh, I would be very hard pressed to find someone that's met Benj that didn't come away um, in some way better mm. after speaking to him. Wow. Man, that was, uh, that was some deep stuff. That was more than three words, but it was, it was good. Yeah, I, sorry. <laughs> I guess you can't limit it if you have a bromance. You, you know me, I can't. I just talk and talk and talk. <laughs> well, um, I, I love that that we're all getting to hear more about both of you. I think um, knowing who you are is so important. Um, but the other thing I think that you both could really speak into is kind of, I think the habits that you have as business people um, have, have more than likely led to the success that you both have had as EOS implementers, but also just in the businesses that you start up and, and the things that you're a part of. I want to talk a little bit about 
maybe just give us the, if you had three to five things that you say that you do every day, and Chris, I think you mentioned um, the, the you know, almost like your rule of five, the five things you do um, to me the other day, but if you had like a, a pattern that you follow, what would it be? And, um, you know, if you could just share that and, and how it can help, you know, other, other business leaders. Sure. Well, as a visionary, I, I struggle with, uh, sometimes, you know, staying focused, but when I do get dialed in on something, I can get hyper-focused, but you know, this, this pandemic thing has, uh, you know, disrupted a lot of things for a lot of people. Right. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm really my, my, my daily rhythm, um, my client, Scott Mann from Rooftop Leadership, he's a, a retired Lieutenant Colonel, uh, Green Beret. And uh, I'm learning a ton from him right now. And so between his resources and other things, I'm, I'm a voracious reader, you know, I've kind of uh, changed up my, my daily rhythm, you know, to get through all of this, right? So right now, um, the, the key things that I need to do for myself um, so that I'm centered and healthy and productive. I, I, I wake up in the morning. Uh, the very first thing I do, you know, after washing my face and brushing my teeth is I take my dogs for a walk, come back and I feed them. And then I sit quiet for 15 minutes. And, and um, I'm new to this whole meditation thing, so I don't know if I'm doing it right. But the fact that I can sit down for 15 minutes in uh, quiet contemplation uh, is a new thing for me. And I'm getting, I think I'm getting better at it, but it's important that I start that way. Um, and then after that, uh, I. Uh, I actually read uh, a daily scripture with my wife, and then we have a conversation over coffee. Um, exercise is a huge part of my daily routine, and I had uh, I'd kind of gotten away from that uh, when we got quarantined because I was trying to not be bored and just throw myself into work, and I kind of got away from the exercise, so I brought, I brought that back around. And so I do yoga. Um, and I used to really be into lifting weights uh, my whole life, but I've changed that. And so, uh, yeah, so I read scripture, uh, I meditate, um, and I do yoga. And then I feel like I'm prepared myself mentally and physically for the day. And, uh, and then throughout the day, uh, I'm just, I have to set uh, a timer on my phone to remind me to get up pretty much on the hour. Uh, yesterday, I had a virtual session. I've been doing virtual sessions with my clients. And so every hour, we take a five-minute break, and we get up, and we move around. And so uh, that's sort of a, a long-winded answer to a short question, but that's that's my new daily rhythm. That's great. Is there anything that you do in particular or, you know, inside or outside of quarantine um, that's been a habit of yours that's helped you um, as a visionary? Reading. 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 Um, I read a lot of different topics. Um, I have a very eclectic <laughs> library. Uh, but right now I'm reading a lot of Ryan Holiday's books. Uh, 
ego is the enemy. Um, it's a, a stoicism, Marcus Aurelius's uh, meditations, uh, all philosophy. And I'm finding that really uh, helpful um, in calming my brain down as well. But reading has always been, has been my go-to. It's such a great habit to have. Hmm. Right. Benj, what about you? Uh, all right. Let me start this with a little bit of a tangent, which I think is, you know, we, in, in EOS, we have this term LMA, lead, manage, and hold accountable. <clears throat> One of the things we know about visionaries is they're not so great on the MA piece, right? Um, but they've got to be great at the leadership piece. And I think my view of what leadership is, is being somebody worth following. And, you know, you've got to do the things that you want, you would hope other people would do. But in that, you know, the, the discipline that comes with the MA isn't always there. And I fought that for years, trying to have a very rigid, disciplined routine in the morning. And it just wasn't, you know, the thing that created energy for me. So, so what I found that works really well for me is simply asking myself the question every morning, what do I need this morning? Because if I don't do that, I will, I wake up so energized to go to work. Like I love all the businesses I'm a part of. I love all the clients I get to work with. I love all the new ideas. So I can go to, I can wake up every single day energized and I could go straight to my desk and, and start diving. in. But that's not healthy either. Right. Um, so having the, the, the practice of asking myself, what do I need this morning? Um, so things that tend to fall into that category. Um, I have this, uh, it's like a one page typed daily prayer, um, that I got from, uh, somebody like a year and a half ago. It's great. Um, sometimes I just sit in that, read that prayer. Um, I've got an app called the one minute pause or one minute pause. Uh, it actually starts you with a one minute, kind of what you were saying, Chris, of, of meditation. It starts with a one minute and then you can unlock the three minutes and unlock the five minutes. And so it works you into the idea of a, a little bit of a, a guided meditation. Um, I love that. Um, sometimes it's just uh, worship and music and playing some songs and uh, especially if I'm in my car and can scream loud and uh, sometimes I'll go find uh, some like a, a, a TED talk or a sermon or something like maybe it's on a topic or maybe just somebody that I respect that I would want to follow, go, go see what they're listening to, to kind of um, feed that. And then one of the things that Chris, you and I have been spending a lot of time talking about, and you're going to, Tractionville is going to hear more about is just the, the power of a clarity break. I mean, you've got the, you've got your routine of 15 minutes of, of quiet in the morning I bet most people would struggle to do that. You know, like 30 seconds in, you're going to be like, I better check my phone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we all have, we all have a massive addiction to input right now. And um, for, for a visionary to get away from the noise and sit with themselves and ask some key questions. I think when you, when you, the way you ask that question, Mackenzie, about like, you know, what for visionaries, what has the, the biggest yield kind of mm -hmm. a question. I think it's, you know, having that routine, whether it's really often you're doing the 15 minutes or, mm -hmm. you know, once a month you're taking a day, whatever that looks like, you've got to have some routine. Um, just like the question I asked myself, what do I need today? You've got to be able to ask those bigger questions and have the space to answer it because those answers aren't going to come in between 
phone calls and zoom calls and meetings and airplanes and stuff like that. So sure. I think just taking the time to, to check in with yourself and see. Yeah. But this quarantine has been awesome for me because my wife is a disciplined machine. So all I have to do is follow along with her. I've been eating my macros every single day, been working out every single morning. All I got to do is ride her coattails. <laughs> it's good to have someone like that in your life. <laughs> she's, she's, she'd outwork us all. Oh, hell yeah, she would. Th that's great advice. And um, it seems like lately we've been talking a lot about kind of mindfulness and taking the, the break and, and really kind of getting in touch with what you're thinking. Um, I know both of you, are, so I'm going to kind of turn the question a little bit. Both of you are visionaries. Both of you are quick start. Um, hi, hi, quick start. And I know both of you have a lot of ideas all the time because they are in my um, are in my inbox all, all the time. So, <laughs> so tell me. Um, this is sort of a broad question. You can answer it any way you want. But what are you curious about right now? Ooh. That was a twist on what I thought you were going to Oh, ask. yeah, I did not see that coming. You can go first, Fringe. What am I curious about right now? Um, I, well, all right, let's, let's be honest. I think uh, I'm really curious about the businesses that come Q3, Q4, um, that have been kind of boomer-led businesses you know, not, not mom and pop, uh, but, but they're lifestyle businesses for the most part. You know, there's a, there's an owner who has a job. He's the key personnel and we're coming out of a, a recession or maybe still in one, but they're not going to want to ride that rate wave. They've got enough money in the bank. They don't need to rebuild this business. Um, they don't want to put up with it. So I think we're going to see some businesses come on the market, uh, that, and, and look, I'm a start guy, like my values in zero to one. I've, you know, I bought one company. I added no value to it in like long, long time ago. That was 2005. So hopefully I've grown up a little bit since then, but everything else I've started. Um, and that's where my value has been, but I'm really curious about the businesses that are going to come on the market with maybe a depreciated value that could use some EOS operational excellence or some, my, you know, my background's in brand and marketing. So right there, you have the two, two of the three legs of the stool. If you add in finance, it's the other one, um, which I've got great resources for. So I think there's going to be some depreciated assets coming on the market that are ripe for somebody to come in, add some brand, add some marketing, add some EOS, and just light a fire, really, really create massive amount of value in that business in a short amount of time. Wow. What about you, Chris? What are you curious about? So similar um, um, to Bench, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, um, you know, I'm, this is my ninth year, so I've helped like 130 companies of all different size, shapes, and models, and, and I, I too am curious, you know, what uh, what's going to be birthed out of this from an innovation standpoint. Um, I am equally as curious like Benj uh, to, to what uh, assets are going to be available that um, could use of the help of a, of a model like EOS. Um, there's opportunity. 
And uh, right now, to be honest with you, I'm not not spending a lot of my time looking around the corner. Mm. Um, You know, I'm really uh, uh, kind of in the trenches right now with some of my clients. And um, I'm just trying to help as many as I can uh, through through the wonderful work the three of us that are doing at Tractionville and, and finding more relevant guests to have on now. You know, our, our special episodes, maybe not this one, but our special episodes, <laughs> our special episodes are, are blowing up. And it's because, you know, we're, we're finding, um, you know, guests who are, who's the topics, their, their, their expertise is in, is relevant now and it's helping clients now. Right. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying, I don't know that I'm consciously trying to curb my visionary tendencies um, because I know it's important to look around the corner. Um, so, you know, maybe I, I probably right now, maybe, uh, 20% of my time's looking around the corner. Um, and the rest is just trying to stay dialed in and helping, um, as many people and as clients as I can right now. But, uh, but yeah. Can I, I, piggy, can I piggyback on that? Sure. sure. I, I think a lot, there's a lot of noise. I've seen a lot of noise about now's the time to pivot. Now's the time to reinvent. Now's the time, whatever. I think that's really, really unhelpful. I think it's definitely the time to rethink, you know, you've got, you know, you've got product lines that aren't profitable. You've got expenses you don't need, you know, rethink everything. Yes. But um, I am a big believer in the, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. So are you really going to take everything that you've done up till now and, and pivot and reset that clock for 10 more years? Like that, that, is just super unhelpful. Maybe a couple companies need to do that, but I think rethink, yes, reinvent, pivot, that whole idea. Um, I would say more double down, double down on what really matters, double down on what's important, double down yeah. on what's been working. We don't need to go reinvent. That's, that's, you know, you've got a VTO, right? It tells you what to do. Well, that's right. You know, with, with all the conversations I'm having with clients and, 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 uh, uh, I mean, I, 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 my phone's even ringing. I'm having prospective clients calling me to, to learn about EOS. And, you know, that's really been my message to my clients is now is the time to double down on EOS. You know, what, what I did an interview with, with Scott Mann, and, you know, Green Berets uh, are, are not like Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs go into a target, they run their mission, and then they're out. And that could be an hour. Uh, it could be a couple hours, but Green Berets, they actually, when they, when they drop in, literally parachute from the sky, you know, into a, uh, behind enemy lines or whatever the situation is, they're going to be there a while and they have to uh, assimilate into, you know, that culture. And the one thing they don't do is say, Hey guys, now that we're here, Forget all that training that we had and that plan that we had. Let's go rogue and go, let's just go do this. That would never happen. They rely on their training. Yes, in the moment of battle, they may pivot, right, based on circumstances, but they're still following their foundational training and processes because that's what's going to keep them alive. 
And so the, the, the clients that I'm talking with right now and working with, not one has changed their core focus on their VTO. Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah, they, may, they might make a slight pivot, right, to generate cash flow, um, doing whatever, but they're not changing their VTO. They're going to come back or get through this and come back on the other side um, laser focus. Well, it's, it's how, do we, how do we adapt to the climate? How do, we, how do we adapt to our customers in this climate, be relevant to them while keeping our core focus? Right. Our tenure and our, you know, marketing, our ICP, you know, that list, you know, those right. are our people. How do we do what we do to take care of them in that? That's the little pivot, the re, the rethink piece of it. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I love um, for years. I was really, really young. Um, I just started, you know, my first business. So this is 16, 17 years ago. And I had a, a mentor in my life, um, somebody that I looked up to. He went on to grow and sell a $2.7 billion company, but he never studied business. He would study sports and he would study war. And he said, all the lessons are right there. So mm. I'm just reminded of that by your green Bay. Yeah. Green Beret story. Yeah. This is really, this is really good. Cause I think the, the messaging that we are hearing a lot right now is reinvent, 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 which um, and maybe, maybe you can clarify this for me. I've been thinking about it while you guys have been talking, but um, for companies running on EOS, they have that VTO, they have a plan in place and you're saying double down. Is there a situation where you would say reinvention is the answer? Is it for the companies that haven't, you know, maybe EOS is the reinvention for them or, um, I mean, where does, does reinvention have a place in this? a good question i mean there's definitely adaptations so yeah. some of the things that we've been talking about is the reverse accountability chart you know if you if your uh, revenue takes a 20 percent hit how do you make a 20 percent reduction in in your accountability chart uh we've moved some of my clients from 90 day rocks to 30 day rocks because we don't we don't know what the world looks like in 90 days so mm -hmm. um you know we we have uh, a, lo a lot of my clients said, well, there's, you know, we've lost our ability to hit our one year target. Mm -hmm. So what's the most important thing to win this year? So there's some, there's, I, I wouldn't call those reinventions, but you're, you've got to, again, rethink what we're doing right now, short term. Um, and, you know, it's not, this is not a normal recession either where we're going to get back to air quotes normal there is no normal we threw that out the window we don't know what the new normal is i'm not sure i want to go back to the new normal uh, or the old normal uh, yeah. whatever that is but so there is some there is some um reinvention of what opportunities will this create for my business um but i think the the message that you're from chris and i is just that, that needs to be relevant to what you already do who you already are and who your customer is mm -hmm. um, most companies aren't going to win by throwing it all in the garbage can and say okay let's start over let's totally reinvent let's totally yeah yeah they're uh, just on the news here in orlando and i actually uh had met with this business owner uh, a couple years ago when he was getting started but he, <clears throat> he has a, a small manufacturing facility and he was creating um uh 
portable housing units for the military uh, where they, you know, they, they, they can drop it, you know, into the, the desert and then they pop up the four walls and then a roof and boom, they got a building, right? And, and he was focused on the military. Well, now he's helping hospitals across the country to set up temporary, um, you know, units so that they can uh, see more patients, right, for testing. Um, so he didn't reinvent anything, uh, but there was this opportunity for this particular product that he'd made for the military, and now it's benefiting, you know, all of us across the country. And uh, it, it was so cool to see him on the news the other day and, and what he's doing. And not a reinvention, a slight little pivot, right, but an opportunity. Yeah, another great example. I've got two people I know in the printing industry. And so, uh, you know, a lot of the the retail restaurant printing stuff went away. But what what just happened is all the retail outlets need these floor stickers that mark you six feet away so you can be in line and be social distancing. And they need these stanchion screens in between you and the teller so you're not spitting on each other. Um, and they've got people, they've actually like normal printers have, um, both been able to make visors like full screen visors around your face and a printer I talked to last week actually can make a hospital bed out of printing materials. So it ships flat, sets up in five minutes with no tools and totally can support a patient. I'm like that. That's the kind of reinvention we need to be. Yeah, that's really cool. Because you're still a printer, and you still got you know you got all this equipment, you got all this manpower. There's a new opportunity. I heard somebody use the uh, fly swatter uh, analogy. Every once in a while, a fly swatter comes along. So think about Facebook. And Facebook, you think is this giant, giant, you know, company, billions and billions of dollars. But what they create with the fly swatter is a ton of little, little holes where there's other opportunities that arise from it. And so there's, you know, there's ad agencies that make their money off helping customers buy Facebook ads, right? That's one of the tiny little holes in the fly swatter. So anytime you have something big that happens like this, you know, we're in a fly swatter environment and there's going to be opportunities of those holes, like the beds, the masks, the hospital, you know, full portable hospital walls. Those are great examples. That's one of the, the word that comes to mind is um, reposition. So maybe it's, maybe it's more of taking, like you said, taking what you've gotten and finding a new, a new avenue for it. But exactly. this is great. I'm, I'm curious though, if I know we're not uh, talking about, you're not talking about looking around the corner. Um, and, and when you say that, I think more, you know, in, in anxiety or fear or, you know, uh, anticipation of something bad happening uh, or, you know, how are you going to prevent that? I, I'm curious what advice you're giving your, your clients um, right now for what they can be doing in the next six months or the next year or binge, like you mentioned, it, you know, m- maybe it's a decade long process to be prepared for something like this. What are you, what's the, the long-term advice that you're giving right now? Well, for me, you know, there's the, there's the story in the um, the original traction book where two stories actually in the book that, that I've been kind of going back to and, and talking to my clients about. 
and and the the <laughs> the first story was about the entrepreneur who's on a mountain hike and he he uh, catches a loose rock and he falls over the cliff and halfway down uh, he saves himself by grabbing a vine so he's hanging on for life to this vine and it's a thousand feet to his death and it's a a thousand foot climb, a sheer climb up to the top of the, the trail. And, uh, you know, what's he going to do? <laughs> so he looks up to heaven and he says, uh, is anybody up there? And all of a sudden, the, you know, the clouds open up and a ray of sunshine comes down on the entrepreneur. And a voice says, do you believe? And uh, the entrepreneur in this predicament, maybe not the most religious person, but he says, yeah, sure, I believe. And then the voice says, let go of the vine. And the entrepreneur thinks about that for a minute, looks back up to heaven and says, is anybody else up there? <laughs> we have a lot of entrepreneurs that feel like they're hanging onto that vine. And this is where you know, going back to when Ben said double down, right? Double down on EOS is don't lose faith in the operating system. Don't lose faith in the five foundational tools. Your VTO, that's your plan, right? Like we said earlier, we might make some adjustments, but it's your plan. You might make some adjustments to your accountability chart, but stick with your accountability chart, roles, responsibility, right? Um, your scorecard. Now, on your scorecard, you have some some fundamental KPIs that you have to have, but you might make some changes, you know, to track some KPIs for the next 90 days. Your your rocks, uh, Benj mentioned, we're really doing 30-day rocks right now. Uh, we take those 30-day rocks and we break them into four to-dos, weekly to-dos, just so we're hyper-focused, right? Um, you got to have your level 10 meetings. You have to keep the lines of communication open on the SLT and departmentally. Um, so, so I'm sharing that story and, and just emphasizing to clients, you know, um, you know, we might make some changes to the tools, but don't, don't leave your battle plan. Don't leave your processes, um, stick to it. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's really, really resonating. Um, I think that the, you know, from, from an advice standpoint, um, it's awfully hard, you know, right now. And even I, like I said, I mentioned earlier, I'm struggling with maybe, maybe 20% of my times looking around the corner. Um, it's really hard to look out, but here's the thing you have to, we're going to get through this and you have to be prepared for that. And so the other story in traction that I'm sharing is the road construction crew. They're the, they, they build roads through jungles and they're the fastest crew. But the problem is nobody in management of that crew is climbing a tree to get above the jungle canopy to point the crew in the right direction. And because they're not climbing the trees, their roads are in a serpentine through the jungle. So it takes twice as long to get from point A to B. So I'm reminding my clients like, hey, look, I know we're in the trenches right now, but we gotta climb a tree. We gotta get above the canopy and we gotta point this company in the right direction. Now, maybe the direction changes slightly, but 
we have to be tree climbers. We've got to get really, really good at forecasting and predicting short-term and long-term, right? Again, all tools in the U.S. toolbox. So that's really kind of the two areas that I'm talking about, it seems like, more frequently and, and uh, um, sort of the advice that I'm reminding people to go back and to get reacquainted with the original traction book and the stories in it. That's great. Wow. Benj, anything to add there? Well, here's the way I'm thinking about this. If you think about companies on a traditional bell curve, uh, you've got some, let's call it 20% of the companies that just won't make it through this. Uh, we could have an altruistic conversation of whether they should or shouldn't, whatever, but mm -hmm. they just won't. You've got the 60% in the middle that are going to struggle through way through this. And just like Chris said, they're going to make it to the other side. So they need to be getting above the trees, looking at that, thinking about that, planning for that. And then you've got another 20%. And this isn't popular to talk about, but there's 20% of the companies right now that are either unfazed by this or profiting from it. And those 20% that are, are doing what they would have done or better, they're going to you know, some of those are going to get some PPP funds as well. So you're adding absolute rocket fuel to the companies that are already the top performers. And so those companies need to be thinking about how do I leverage these assets that I just got? I just got a tremendous once in a lifetime opportunity on a business that was already going the way I wanted to <laughs> talk about double down, triple down, quadruple down. Yeah. Like they've got, they've got, funds in pocket because that all goes you know that's all bottom line dollars for them that's new money that's new investment that's new hires that's new acquisitions um so they they've got funds to do some new incredible things so i think you've got to realize which camp you're in you know am i in the bottom 20 25 am i in the top 20 25 or am i somewhere in the middle and phase one um right now the right now of it depends on what phase you're in if you're not going to make it you know, you got to have a conversation with yourself. Like, is it better to shut it down now? Or am I, is it going to be worse shutting it down in two months from now? Yeah. So, so I think stage one depends on which part of the bell curve you're in. And then stage two, yeah. stage two is looking around the corner. And that also is somewhat dependent on, you know, if you're in that top quartile, um, you're thinking around the corner now. Right. If you're right. in the middle, then you can't, you just can't, you're in the, you're, there's bullets whizzing by your head right now. Yeah. But um, I want, I want to, um, I want to share a story with Tractionville because it's really key to my story. I was, I was six years into my business and still had no idea what I was doing. Like I mentioned, like I was just, I accidentally grew. I wanted to be a freelancer. My business accidentally grew and it grew way beyond my capacity as a as a leader as a business owner and i crashed the thing we we made a decision that our our biggest business development channel went away overnight and i reacted not at all you know i didn't cut headcount i didn't cut back expenses i didn't look at anything so next thing you know the business is totally upside down we're totally in debt um and um you know, there's a saying in EOS that everything's just an issue. And I love that because it takes all the, you know, in some ways it takes the humanity and the, the personalization out of a lot of really heavy things as if we can look at it as just an issue, but I had no capacity to do that. So my, um, I had allowed my identity 
to get wrapped up in the fact that I was this young, creative, professional, entrepreneur, leader. Uh, so when the rug got pulled out from under me, so did my identity. It was gone because mm -hmm. none of those things were true. And it led to me personally being in the deepest, darkest spot of my life. And it wasn't until I was able to reframe my identity and put my identity on something much more stable that I was then able to be the leader that the company needed to lead us out of it. Because if I'm a wreck, there's no way that I'm going to lead through and, and pull that company into what it needed to be. So it took me, you want to talk about reinvention, Mackenzie, maybe some of us need a personal reinvention mm. and to decide, you know, the analogy I use now looking back is who will I allow to sign my report card? Who gets to sign the report card of whether I'm doing well as a human being? And then what's the criteria to which they fill it out? For some people, it's their spouse. For some people, it's their balance sheet. For some people, uh, for me, it's my Heavenly Father who totally redeemed me and redeemed me again in that moment. Uh, and then, you know, what is, what is the thing that creates that what is what what do we put our identity and what is the what is on the report card if, if my wife gets to sign my report card what's on it because that report card is going to always be up and down up and down up and down up and down which means my identity is always going to be up and down up and down up and down up and down and that's not a stable leader that the business needs so if there was one thing that i wished every leader did it was really get clear um, just on this idea of identity and it doesn't have to be this big ugly complex thing. It's simply You know who gets to sign your report card and what's on it. What's the criteria? Right. God, I love I love that um, I Know we're we're wrapping up here. I know you guys are both really busy and we've we've gotten some really good stuff um, but what I love about hearing both of you um, share is that it it kind of all it's all very holistic. You talk about leadership and you talk about EOS um, as a way that it affects, you know, your, your personal life as well as your professional life. It's, it's never separate. And um, even in looking at the current crisis, it's not, it's not just a financial issue. It's a, it's an identity issue to be addressed. Um, and I think, I think it's profound the advice that you guys are giving um, and just the experience you share as you're talking about your, your personal and your and your professional experience over time. So thank you guys both for being so transparent and vulnerable. Um, Thanks for having us, Mackenzie. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I had a I had a game to play, but this got real. This got real. So I don't know if we're <laughs> let's do it. Let's end. Let's on do it. Yeah, yes, okay. exactly. OK, so what what we're going to do here is uh, is do a quick lightning round. Um, and just to give you a heads up, because I'm gonna I'm gonna give you 30 seconds, because Chris, I know you were saying 20 seconds feels like a little bit of a a, a crunch. So, um, 30 seconds is gonna be on the clock. You guys are gonna answer these questions separately. So, Chris, you'll go first. Benji, the second. Ben, you're gonna have to, to uh, turn your volume off so you can't hear. All right. Can't get an advantage. Um. All right. Favorite show you're watching right now? Blue Bloods. Last song you listened to? Let's go crazy. Uh, to go order at your favorite restaurant? Oh, anything Italian. Gosh. 
uh, last book you read? Uh, 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 Ryan Holiday. Um, uh, oh, 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 silence. Oh, I forgot the title. Oh, time's up, time's up. That was 30 seconds? That was 30 seconds. Can we do a retake? No. How many questions do you have? That was fun. <laughs> I have quite a few. You got, so you gave the, you gave the author, so we'll give you that. Um, <laughs> you've got, your score is four. <laughs> out of how many? <laughs> out, of, out of a potential, like, 20 questions. <laughs> but oh but it only matters, it only matters um, if Benj, if Benj gets more than four. Okay, man, that was 30, so, okay, all right, let's see how Benj does. All right, Benj, Benj, are you listening to us? You ready? Okay, headphones in. I'm back. ready for this. Chris, oh, yeah. Chris has a, a, a whopping score of four points. Out of 20? Out of like 20. <laughs> I, there was, oh, that's not All right, fair. let's go. Let's okay. go. All right, 30 seconds on the clock. All right, favorite show you're watching right now? I finished Money High season four, best show ever, but I don't have a show, so taking recommendations. Okay, last song you listened to? Um, a new song called Egypt by Corey Asbury. Uh, to go order at your favorite restaurant. Uh, Willie's Taco Box. Last book you read. Uh, leadership and self-deception. Place you'd go right now if you weren't in quarantine. Caribbean. Oh, 30 seconds. One. He got five. I got four. <laughs> <laughs> well, then... Well, now I, I want to know the rest of the, the questions. Hey, um, did you know what was at stake there, Chris? I'm now the visionary. You're the integrator of Tractionville. Okay, we're tanking. <laughs> hey, Tractionville, thanks for joining us, uh, listening to us. I hope there's something valuable that you got out of this takeaway. If nothing else, go have your own clarity break, and we'll see you Tuesday for the next episode of Tractionville. <laughs>